The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Big Bang and DJ Scream bring you Big Facts, the hottest podcast in the streets. Visit the new website today, www.bigfactspod.com. Live from the legendary breakfast at Barney's, it's time for Big Facts. DJ Scream is here. Big Bang, baby Jaden. We got a special, special, special guest. The first guest we've pulled up on, Mayor Cassine Reed. What's yeah. going on? Mayor Cassine Reed, welcome to Big Facts. Here. Welcome yeah, to Big, Big Facts. How you feeling today, first off? I feel off? amazing, You man. feel at home yeah. here? You, you frequent breakfast at Barney's? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think um, anybody that wants good food in the morning or the evening mm-hmm. at 8 o'clock, seven days a week, they come yeah. to breakfast at Barney's. I'm so proud. <laughs> Of these guys, what they built in the middle of a pandemic. Mm. Sure. Just shows you how black people are. There you sure. go. I mean, in the middle of a pandemic, they built a business that I think at the end of the day is going to be a national brand. Wow. It's kinda, it has the same energy of when I met Pinky Cole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Big met Pinky right Pinky. after she Slutty uh, Vegan. started yeah. Slutty Vegan and the neighborhood was trying to close her down. Mm. And she was just going through all of this abuse as a young entrepreneur, but She's another person with that kind of spirit. And the same, these guys have that kind of energy. I think that this is uh, is the next big thing uh, in the city. Nice. That's, nice. Yeah. That's a big Me cosign. Agree. Agree. Cosign. <laughs> yeah. cosign. I mean, look at this spread. And I'm telling y'all, I don't know how the camera situation is working, but this is a 24-layer red velvet cake. Mm. It will be, it's the best the red best velvet ever. cake I've ever had. And then the pancakes... Have this special mix in them that gives you a um, it's like, like pound a, cake on a cloud, a pound cake feel. <laughs> so it's, it's actually a funnel cake feel to it, almost like you out at the park. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I do that. My daughter loves that. She can't believe that she can eat gold. So every time that's a new experience for her. 
And then the Soul Rose down there, they don't have. Yeah, they do. They got Yardbird on Blazers, here. Eight, eight of them. Yeah, yeah. they yeah, got Yardbird. And then the potatoes are magic. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Amazing food, amazing food here, and so, I appreciate Big Facts, um, put, you know, putting breakfast at Barney's on the map. Most definitely, sure. most you know? definitely. No, nah, they support us. They support everything that we do. Yeah. So we have, to yeah, yeah. For yeah. Sure. I got, I actually got one of them cakes for my birthday. Yeah, yeah. Brought to the show. I had them at my party. So when I kicked off on June tenth, it's thirty days ago. Today's July tenth. I had that. I had like we had like twenty of them mm. all through the house. Ooh. So they yeah. killed them. Yeah. Said Barney's. <laughs> legendary, legendary. Much money is those people that spent to be there. They they could eat whatever they want. <laughs> you, know, you know how it is. So you just made history, right? Yeah. So we raised. Um, we had the biggest single fundraiser in the history of mayoral politics. We raised five hundred and fifty thousand in one night at Tyrese's house, and then we raised a million dollars faster than any candidate who's ever run for mayor in the history of the city. We raised. Ten thousand fifty five one million fifty five thousand in twenty days. So I launched on my birthday, June tenth, and we closed out the first reporting period on June thirtieth. Mm. And then if you count the raise, I'm not talking about money that people transferred alone to themselves. We raised more than the other top three people combined. Mm. I'm gonna beat every one of them. Oh wow. <laughs> so speaking of fundraising, yeah. I was doing um, a little bit of research. Yes. And when you were in your senior year at Howard, yeah. you did a $15 fee increase for the students. Well, y'all fees. got real people on here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, that's yeah. a real interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you this real the, interview. <laughs> you did Let the, me um, step out of it. I love it. You did the $15 fee increase. And um, which was matched by the federal government, covered yes. by grants. Yes. And you guys only expected to raise about three hundred thousand, but then you end up raising about two point four million. No, we raised twenty million today. What? So it's the it's the it's the second largest until uh, until uh, Mrs. McKenzie donated wow. uh, her. Fo- 30 or 40 million to the school. It's the second largest fundraiser in the history of the school and it still goes to this day. And it was your initiative. Yeah, I wrote it. I created it. I thought it up. I learned about it when I was an intern working for Joe Kennedy. Right. Joseph Kennedy III uh, on Capitol Hill is how I learned about it. And uh, I was on the board of trustees at the time. Yeah. And the really cool thing was when Hurricane Katrina occurred, Mm -hmm. that fund was used to give uh, young people from Louisiana and transfer students from Louisiana uh, money so that they could keep their education. Kind of like maintain. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. One of the best things I've ever done in my life. I did the commencement speech for Howard in, in 2019. Um, it was the last commencement speech before COVID. Yeah. And uh, they talked about it. So it's past $20 million. Yes. Yeah. It just goes to show what we can do collectively. But you are right. I mean, you're well sourced. Initially, we thought it was going to be 300000 a year. Mm. Wow. Um, but really, every HBCU in America should be doing that. Yeah. You know, it's just that money. You know, one of the areas where we've really got to improve on is the strength of our endowments. Yeah, most because definitely. the endowment definitely. is the money that keeps the institution going, rain, sleet, or snow. Yeah. Um, and so I was always into endowments. And mm-hmm. now uh, Howard University has the biggest endowment of any HBCU. In so America. basically, like for HBCUs, endowments are to HBCUs what 
booster clubs are to like public schools. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Okay. But endowments um, really build an institution so that kids have to pay less. Okay. Because the way it operates, you earn interest off of it in perpetuity. Oh, okay. And then the way the university works is they get to take a certain percent of their interest and push it out for grants and scholarships. At most most HBCUs, um, 60 to 75% of the kids in all of our schools um, have need aid in order to finish college. Mm. Or some um, sort of assistance. Yeah. yeah. And so it really makes a difference. It's why the mayor's ball that I did when I was mayor of Atlanta yeah. was so big. Because over that time, we raised eight million bucks for our local HBCU schools. Okay. And then we gave the people of Atlanta the best you know, ball the day it ever seen. <laughs> I tell you something, Big Bang. You feel like you the best mayor to ever hit this city? No, I don't. Well, who do you no, feel I like don't. the best mayor to ever hit this city? I think it's a tie between Maynard Jackson and Andrew Maynard Jackson. I knew yeah, you were going to say So, Ambassador Young is my guy because yeah. I met him when I was a kid, when mm-hmm. I was 13. And then when I was 20, I was getting ready to go to New York, take a job at Time Warner. And, um, and he said, you ought to come home. Uh, the city's going to need a mayor like you. Uh, wow. In 20 years. And then 20 years later, we were sitting in the Pritzker suite at the Hyatt Hotel yeah. when they came in to tell me that I won. So he was sitting on the on the couch when I found out I had won Talk about uh, the first time that I won. So he has a special place in my heart. But I think that that um, Maynard Jackson, whose son I'm friends with, mm-hmm. and Ambassador Young, defined the Atlanta that that we know right now. And they were good like for their time, like and they did what needed to be done for what was going on at that time in the city. Yeah, they what about the right now? Who, who who could be who the best public? <laughs> oh, I just told you I'm gonna beat everyone up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, come on, man. This your city. Yeah, I mean, so in this uh, in this election coming up, we have real challenges in front of us. You know, because you are so entrenched in the community right now, our city's just off. Yeah, I mean, there's never been a time in my life where you landed in another city, whether you're in Chicago, L.A., New York, Houston, wherever you moved. We all got off the plane and said we were from Atlanta. Like, right. And what? Like, right. Is there anything else? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And right now, when you say that, you know, people flinch a bit because of the crime situation. Gangsters are are concerned. Mm -hmm. So we really have to restore our sense of community. And get our city back because I believe during COVID, um, America was using Atlanta as its playground. Yep, most definitely. So everybody was coming to Atlanta because we were still open, and the behavior that's not typical for our community, people saw, and then it leaks. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you see people behaving in a certain way in your place, when well, number one, you you get with that kind of energy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And I think it's really harmed us. And I think that all of us, the reason I'm on the show today is if I'm fortunate enough to win, I'm going to have to come back here because we got to have a lot of conversations about how to restore our sense of community without, you know, running around. Right. You know, like John. Like Law the wild, wild so it's, a, yeah. it's a balance. It's a balance. You're not having all that tough talk. But restoring normalcy to the Atlanta that we know, like you got to sure. leave, you can't bring your machine gun out, man. You know what I mean? Like you can't do that. Yeah, that's got to stay at home. Yeah. I mean, just 
their conversations in. You know, the Water Boys, I'm going to raise $2 million for them. Okay. What, what, what them they going to do with the money? I'm going to let them provide, I'm going to go to council and ask them to provide an opportunity to provide water to the city. City's got 9,000 employees. It's got various departments. I think that we can find a way for those young men to have an operating business that certainly employs 200 of them. Mm. And I've met with them on multiple occasions. I count about 200 to 250 brothers. Mm. And so that's an opportunity for us to get to know some people with some get up and go. They're saying you got to get them off the street, basically. Yeah, no question. So, so they I'm would not, be like contractors for the city? No. We're going to create a company. Okay. It's going to employ them. So, for example, in public works, right? The people that um, that that clean the city and pick up our trash, mm-hmm. they all need water. Have to be served water, right? So, what we're going to do is, I'm going to raise two million in private capital. I already have a number of the commitments for it. If I'm fortunate enough to win, and those people are going to make more money with us in a way that's going to allow them to establish a company, establish credit. And be exposed to people like us in a cool way. Yeah. But they're not going to be on the intersections. And the reason that they're not going to be on the intersections is we know how to move with that energy. Right. But there are an awful lot of people. My mom doesn't know how to move with that energy. Not for sure. My mom still drives. For sure. Mm. She's 79. She doesn't know what to do. With somebody running up to her car. If somebody walks into the car, my mom would ask my mama for a blue one. They were talking about a $100 bill. So she was giving a kid a 20 and they said, no, I want a blue one. Well, my mama doesn't know what a blue one is. Mm. So no person right. should be put in that situation sure. in traffic. Sure. But we're not going to say, well, we're just going to take your opportunity. That's not the Atlanta way. Right. Right? Because yeah. anybody who will stand in an intersection has got some get up and go. True. But how do you, How do you? Uh, what's the process of that, though? Like? The process is I'm going to ask uh, Dan Cathy, who owns Chick-fil-A, who funds this Junior Achievement Center right at uh, right at Northside Drive, where many of them convene. Yeah, and I'm going to ask them to go into a partnership with me. So the same way you show up at that intersection, you'll show up either at a Junior Achievement, or I'll use one of the cities at Promise Centers or one of the recreation centers. The same way you show up at the intersection, come show up there. You're not going to mm-hmm. lose. Yeah, you're not going to lose a dollar. Yeah, and so I really wanted to actually. A young young uh, water boy, a young man was shot near Old National the other day. Yeah. I actually think we ought to have a pause right now, and I would give the young people the, the money mm-hmm. right now just to pause. Because somebody, right. a kid just lost their life, or is alive, but got shot several times. Right. So I think that we need a pause. I think we need big community conversations mm-hmm. and a real plan forums of like this are going to be where we had these talks. And then yeah, we're going to yeah. break off and we're going to do them in private. Yeah, because you got you to get niggas to talk to them that they understand. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? They I'm, not here, I'm not here for nothing. Huh? I'm you not feel what I'm saying? I know yeah. exactly what I'm <laughs> That's why I'm asking what the process of a nigga with no ID, no nothing. I don't even know my social security card. How do I get a job? Yeah. Like, You know what I'm saying? But see, but our thing is we have to get with people in, in that up-close way. We're going we're gonna to change some people's lives because people know if you're around us, you'll be able to get legal money. Facts. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. If you're around me, you get legal money. If they're around you, they're going to get legal money. And so me, you, Shaka, Coach K, P, 
everybody that has respect out here in any way has got to put our arms around these people just differently. Mm. Right. But mm. there's never going to be a time where I do anything where it's just tough. Yeah. Mm. It's always going to be this is better for you, a better option. But some of the things we just can't tolerate. Mm. So it's you don't believe like, in that def- uh, defund the police shit? No, I don't. I don't. I don't defund no police. No, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. We need. We have to have police. You can't have an international city um, that's the center of center of, of human rights and civil rights in America. Think on any given day, something in Minneapolis or L.A. or Dallas can can make. So I have ten trigger something here. Right. Ten thousand. It didn't have anything to do. Nothing happened to you in Atlanta. But we have ten thousand people that we have to deal with because they're protesting um, what happened in Minnesota. Yeah. And I don't know what's in the water in Minnesota, but it's an awful lot to be happening that happens up there. Yeah. Mm. The point I'm making is is that you need a jail capability mm. because a mayor can can unilaterally working with the corrections chief just say release the people on the signature bond. They get no record. They had an opportunity to protest. They go in, they process out, they leave on their own signature. And so I think I have some credibility because I was the person that ended Red Dog. I was the person that decriminalized marijuana. I was the person that said all officers are going to wear video cameras. I was the person that said if you get shot by the police, it's going to be independently investigated by the GBI. Right. So people act like I'm walking around talking tough on crime. (laughs) No, I'm real reasonable. Right. But I also know that when something happens to you, Right. I am. If you're mayor, when you're mayor, you are you have the responsibility. You got three jobs when you're mayor. When you wake up in the morning, you get to go to work safely and get home safely. That's my number one job. Right. Mm-hmm. Did nothing sure. happen to you while you were in the city that I am legally responsible for. Right. You moved around. You ate. You shopped. You made it back home and you put that key in the door. Your family's there. That's one. Yeah. Two. If you own real estate, most of us, if we own a house, it's the biggest investment in our lives for most of us. Not you, but for most of us. (laughs) (laughs) So my job is to make sure that your property values are going up. Mm -hmm. Right. And if the city's not doing well, the biggest investment for 97% of people is if they own a house. Mm -hmm. So my job is to make sure that goes up. And then number three, I want you to have a job. Mm. I have to have an environment where you have a job and if you lose that job you can get another job any mayor that's doing those three things well the city's gonna love and they're gonna embrace Mm. now folks can say whatever they want about me but everybody knows when I was mayor everybody made more money oh no we get money true we'll get money nobody we'll get good money (laughs) right so if I'm fortunate enough to win, everybody's going to make more money than they've ever made before. Mm. So having these calm conversations, mm-hmm. I think is going to, you know, be possible. Mm-hmm. So, so look, I have one question while we're talking about like the police and, you know, like You're all of that kind too. of stuff. Yeah, I'm ready <laughs> yeah. to go, man. You're I come in to play. <laughs> I didn't come the, in to play. Um, <laughs> the condition of like the Atlanta City Jail and the Fulton County Jail, is that something that's within your jurisdiction to fix and get better or is that like a governor problem no well first of all any problem in the city is the mayor's problem okay um so as it relates to the jail that's fully the mayor's responsibility 
Okay. Because you own it and everybody who works there works for you and really works at your will. Right. The Fulton County Jail is more of a cooperative problem, meaning that I don't have direct jurisdiction over it, but the the sheriff is Pat Labatt, who's an yeah, outstanding sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pat worked for me for eight years. <laughs> So yeah. he was my corrections chief. Right. He did a phenomenal job as corrections chief, which helped him become sheriff of Fulton County because he had done the job before. He's a great man. He is. So we align. So what we want to do is cooperate. Mm-hmm. His jail is at maximum capacity. Right. Right. And so what I want to do is to use the Atlanta jail to extend his capacity. Mm-hmm. But I've also got to have capacity for us. Uh, right. In in my opinion, you can never tell criminals that your jail is closed because the modern criminal <laughs> is incre- increasingly intelligent. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yep. if I know that Fulton County is full and has overcrowding problems to the extent that when people get in, if it's not a major offense, you roll them out. Yeah. And Atlanta's jail is closed. What? <laughs> if I go and rob, steal your car and get caught, it's a high probability that I'm going to be right back out. Exactly. And so it's the wrong message, in my opinion, to say that we have no jail. Right. Because I'm not going to have anybody carjacking anybody. Not, I mean, my, my rules are real simple rules. You can't shoot nobody. You can't carjack anybody. Don't rob anybody. Hmm. And if you do, we're going to have a real situation. Right? So right. those are basic I can't shoot. Don't sh- if you're in Atlanta, don't shoot anybody. Because mm-hmm. you're gonna know that if you shoot somebody, like I'm on the, I'm gonna build a big police force. We're gonna train post five twenty five, post George Floyd. We're gonna have best in class training, but people are not gonna be getting. We have 156 mur- 57 murders last year. Mm-hmm. When I was mayor, there was only more than a hundred murders in Atlanta one time. Twelve years. One time in eight, eight years. years yeah, so seven out of oh, eight, wow. less than a hundred people lost their lives because what? My job one is to make sure you get home. Yeah, yeah. That's my that's my number one job. And when I was mayor, I had a BlackBerry. Anytime a felony was created, it was in my phone. Not abstract. Who? All the information was in my phone. Mm. You gonna let Buckhead take the money all the time? Let no. Buckhead take the money out of the city. You know, but I don't think it's anything about letting anybody. What I want to do is to try to demonstrate that what is going on in our environment is a moment in time and not a permanent reality. And so, what I want to do is rather than let, I want to try to persuade the Buckhead community to remain. And I believe so. Everybody in Buckhead knows that when I was mayor, they were safe. It's not a fiction. It's reality. And so what I'm going to ask for is to give me a shot. Yeah. You know, they're scheduled to leave in November of 2022. Right? I'm just going to ask for 2023. What's a year? Right. Because if, you know, pe- people act like that's a rich person's problem. It's really a black mom, poor people's problem. If Buckhead leaves, that's... 25 to 30% of the city's general fund revenue. Right. So all of the problems we had are tougher problems because any problem where you have 25% less money is a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. And so aside from the fact that we throw away city too busy to hate, 
Mm-hmm. We throw away our reputation as being a place where black people and white people work out our differences differently than any other place in the, in the country. We throw away the fact that when you go to a Hawks game, there's no arena that looks like it in America. When you go yeah. to a Falcons game, no arena that looks like it in America. I was having dinner at Craig's restaurant in L.A. All y'all know. So it's one of the hottest restaurants in L.A. I was the only black person in there. There's nowhere you go in Atlanta where you're the only black person. (laughs) True facts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Being the mayor of a city like Atlanta, right, and a black mayor, who's your biggest hater? Like it's, for real. Man, it's too many. It's gotta be the AJC. They gotta be number one. Oh, AJC wow. can't stand me. They, I mean the newspaper. Yeah. You know, but but they they didn't like anybody. I mean, as much as I have gone through with them, they were that way to, the only person that they 
were were you know normal to was uh, Ambassador Young. He's a I mean, he was Dr. King's right hand, yeah. so he had a better relationship. But they, they've never treated any black man well. Straight. None. Period. None. So there's nothing you can do nothing to I gain can respect. Do. Nothing I can of do. Of the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Do. 200 million in cash <laughs> reserves. Double A, double A plus credit from Stuart Standard and Poise, Moody's and Fitch. Won the Super Bowl college football championship NCAA awarded to the city of Atlanta while I, I was there. Back to back to back to back. Negotiated, did the deal for Mercedes-Benz Stadium, did the deal for State Farm Marine, did the deal for Pont City Market, did all of that new construction, brought NCR to Atlanta, 17 headquarters and regional um, regional hubs brought in, record number of job creation, record number of population growth, black people made more money than they ever before, crossed the threshold of a billion dollars spent with black women. Six billion in new construction in Hartsville Jackson Airport. Negotiated the longest lease with Delta Airlines since Hartsville and the founder of Delta, C. Woman, came to the city. We did a 20-year deal with a 10-year option, keeping the headquarters in Atlanta. But you know what? That's fine. Because here's why I'm on this show right now. The AJC has never elected a mayor of Atlanta. Mm. Facts. Pop your shit. Mm. Yes. They've never said this should be the mayor. Yeah. And that person became mayor. Right. So you just have to take it. Sometimes, as you know, you just got to stick your chin out, take it, keep smiling, hug your kid. They know that you're wonderful. Keep it pushing. And we'll talk to them on November 3rd. Now, every, everything that you accomplish is not easy work. You know what I'm saying? Being a mayor, being a politician is not easy yeah. work. So at the end of that eight years, did you leave like... All right, I'm done with this. I'm going to be with my family, and I don't want to be mayor again. Or at the end of that eight, eight years, did you feel like I got more work to do, and that's why you're coming back to run for mayor again? Well, we're on big facts, so this is so. The first year you leave is terrible. Okay. So I don't take drugs, but it's got to be what being a junkie is like. Mm. So that that first year, you went through a major withdrawal. Oh, it's awful. That's yeah, awful. you were missing it. Um, it's terrible. Wow. It's terrible. So no part of you was exhausted no, no, at the end I of... I slept for a month. Okay. But when you wake up, right? I mean, you when you're a mayor, every time you land in a city, you your mind is like a computer because you're comparing your city to, uh, should I have that? Should I have that? Yeah. Right. Is this better than mine? Right. So it takes a year to come down from the fact that that's no longer your responsibility. Mm. Then second year... I was having a ball. Third year, I had gotten over it. Mm. So I didn't want to be mayor anymore. So when Mayor Bottoms made the decision to go spend more time with her family, everybody thought it was a quick decision for me to run. It was not because I was really enjoying myself. I mean, one of my best friends in the world is a guy named Tommy Duncan. I mean, he sold his company for nine figures. So... Nine? Yeah, nine. That's a lot like of money. A, like a hundred million in. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Right? Best friend in the world now. Yeah. <laughs> One of my other best friends, guy you all know, Ryan Glover. Shout boy. out to Ryan. That's in my January guy. 18, they sold the bounce for 305 million. Yeah. So my dudes was like, man, let's. <laughs> Bro, we can go in our pocket and give you this yeah. shit. Let's get it. Man. <laughs> so, yeah. right. I mean, you know, like when I, when I walked in here, Tommy is on a yacht. In Florence, Italy, right now, mm. at the original Gucci Gucci store, sending me pictures from he 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 bought out the whole Gucci store. I mean, he closed the Gucci store for his wife. Yeah, 
And I'm sitting here breakfast and barnies, you know what I mean? <laughs> Hard <big> questions. <laughs> <laughs> she, she doing real research. <laughs> I'm just but, asking what the niggas want to hear, man. You so, know, um, it's cool for the black men, but what about the niggas? What we gonna do for the niggas? Bro? So that's a, we we got more opportunity than they, than anybody's ever had. The good thing is, right? So to finish your question, and then my bad, my bad, no, no, no problem. <laughs> So the bottom line is, so it was rough. But the assessment that I did when I decided to run on June 10th was I love this city mm-hmm. and I'm going to live here. And this is where my family is going to be raised. And we're in a we're in a unique moment where 20 percent of the city, if an election were held today, 73 percent of them would walk. Mm. Right. Mm. The relationship between the state and the city is the worst that it's ever been. Crime. Uh, is is up 60 points and I think I am the person to calm those things down and stabilize Atlanta and then probably move on mm. you say- so that's how I view it and then and then you and then you know financially I'm good hmm. So I can do it. You say the relationship between the state and the city is the worst it's ever been. So how how, how would how would you personally deal with Governor Kemp? Because that's a big part of getting everything back. To I how deal with him the way that I dealt with Governor Deal. Governor Deal and I had the best relationship between the mayor and governor in the history of Georgia. Mm. Excluding nobody. Mm. Excluding nobody. So we built the modern motion picture and television industry from a $400 million sector. Yeah, you, you did. All of these cameras and lights. When we started, it was a $400 million business. When I walked out the door, it was $9.5 billion business employed 37,000 people. So many people are getting bread and doing well and being able to have a creative career outside of the record business and the record sector. Mm-hmm. We have reimagined people who, who um, made their career in the record sector. Now in television, podcasts, all these different creative industries. Mm-hmm. Um, all three Marvel movies, right? Mm-hmm. Film where? Atlanta. City of Atlanta. Right, Atlanta. Wahoo was mayor. Right? Black Panther filmed where? Here in Atlanta, Wahoo was mayor. All right. Okay. Tyler Perry Studios, done with who? Okay. Wahoo was mayor. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. Fast 7, Fast 8, done where? While I was mayor. Yeah. So you know when that when a person makes a motion, a, a blockbuster movie, they're making a career decision. When you're yeah. spending $300 million, Four hundred million on the movie, so people would look at Atlanta and be like, "I'm gonna do it where that dude is." And so, as a result, uh, look at our technology sector. Technology sector has exploded, right? And so, my sense is is that we have a really strong economy, but our national brand is being damaged by crime. And I think that I'm the right person to reduce crime. Um, without here looking like a crazy, be, looking like a crazy person, mm. right? So, so I'm the person to negotiate calmness, and people know that I don't play. I don't play, and so all I'm really saying is cut out the foolishness. And nobody has really been saying cut out the foolishness. And I'm gonna have you all walking around saying just bring it down. Can't wait. I'm not crazy, and you're affecting everybody's money. Right. True facts. Everybody's biggest facts. When you're in a club, right? Nobody else. I know all the club owners. Yeah. I'm gonna meet with every single one of them. I'm gonna meet with all of the gas station owners. 
Yeah. And I'm gonna tell them what does it take for black for a black woman to be able to get some gas and not have her head on a swivel. You got black women putting up their cars. They bust their behinds to become successful enough. Woman bought a Porsche Panamera. She didn't have to go buy a Ford Focus because she's shaking when she's getting gas for the car that she dreamed about getting. No, Hannah, Hannah, broke her one up. Hannah pulls up with no wind and leaves all the windows down. Yeah. Yeah. She leaves a door unlocked. The car, I mean, just think of psychologically. Yeah. You have a car, you I'm gonna leave it open. That's how bad Just it in is. case. Yeah. That and that's where men too but women are. Every man that I know in Atlanta right now checks on his woman regarding their gas situation. Men been pumping more gas than I ever seen them pump. Yeah. Which is cool and positive. But you don't want to be mandatory. <laughs> but they still gotta be a well too though. They do. But I mean, yeah. right now when you're getting together in Atlanta socially, the conversation opens up with what happened to you. Man, I just got my windows broke. Man, guy tried to steal mm-hmm. my car. Mm-hmm. Guy pulled up beside me on the freeway, pointed a gun at me, told me to pull over. I mean, this stuff is not, we do not, this is not Atlanta. Yeah. And it is because these folks believe that they can get away with it. Mm-hmm. And everybody who's listening to this podcast knows that if I'm fortunate enough to be mayor, that that is not going to be the case. And if something happens to you, the second maddest person is going to be me. Mm. That's hard. Which is what people want. <laughs> because yeah. if you're going to do something about it, you're going to jail. Right? Yeah. So if somebody pulls up and tells you to get out your car and leave the keys running, they go ice cube on you. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. You, all you can do is... Thank God that you didn't get killed and say, take it. Mm. But the person who you call is who? Mm. Me. Me. (laughs) And if I don't feel passionately about the violation, when I ran for mayor before, when I ran before, we had a crime spike. And I'll never forget. I'll tell you, when I won the race, I was in a town hall woman and this told this lady stood up and she said she was a black woman. She said they knew that I was a single female. They kicked in the door to my house. They looked at me while they took the TV off my wall. So so think of the cowardice of a dude that says, I'm not going to rob a house where I have a real situation. I'm going to rob a single woman's house. And you know what? I looked her in the eye and said, let me tell you something. If I'm mayor, I'm going to get your TV back. <laughs> you understand me? I'm going to look for no, your TV. <laughs> <laughs> nah, real shit. Real shit. Yeah. People, I want my TV back. Yeah. Right? If somebody snatched my chain, yeah. I don't want to buy, no, I don't want the insurance. Yeah. I want my chain back. Right. <laughs> I want my chain, I want you to go get my chain. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing with a television. You and want if, all the smoke. If, if, if the person <laughs> was responsible, you know, and I meet with dudes. Yeah. I would meet with street dudes and tell them, you know, to keep it, keep it in the lines. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it only it might appear that we're equal, but we're not. Mm. Right? right? The police department's a paramilitary force. Mm. Right? So you might have shooters, but your shooters shoot and run. My shooters shoot and to go home and go to sleep. Right. 
So like another They want all the smoke Nah this is That's that's the talk we need to Yeah yeah. To get the city back right Yeah And then like another thing That I know that's like A really A really big thing For people um, Is The whole like Gentrification thing Yeah So What are your plans On I guess Preventing The illicit Gentrification Especially like well, like my family's like from the Simpson Road, Vine yeah. City neighborhood, but yeah. like you got like the Pittsburgh area, yeah. like all of the areas where everything is booming. So what how do you plan on preventing the illicit gentrification and also taking care of like the elderly people, the people that are on fixed income and preventing them from being priced out of those neighborhoods? Well, the first thing I'm gonna do is go on big facts and tell people don't sell. Because yeah. The mayor ought to be going everywhere mm-hmm. and open up every room, every comment with don't sell. And if somebody is talking to you about buying your property because of a property tax situation, call me. Because the last I checked, I left the city with 200 million in cash. So I left the biggest cash reserve in the history of Atlanta. In the history of cash reserves. Yeah, so <laughs> Atlanta has never had when I walked out of the door for all that talk. I tell you what money wasn't missing the two hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> it, was all, it was all there. Yes. Well, they go take a couple thousand and leave the two hundred million. Fuck out here, man. So, so I mean, I was I was bankroll fresh. Yeah. All there. All there. <laughs> so I believe. Yes. I believe that. We started what's called an anti-displacement initiative before I walked out. Okay. It means you raise private money. So if I move next to somebody Mm -hmm. and I modernize my house, I push up the property values of the person next door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When their taxes go up, you take that money and you pay the increase. The difference. Yeah. And then you need a grant program as well because I moved into the neighborhood. Your house shouldn't look junky. It's just dignity. Yeah. Give me a grant. I yeah. mean, let me let me paint my house. Yeah. Fix yeah. my deck. Turn me up. Fix my windows. Yeah. yeah. Right? So we need a grant initiative. But the, the good thing about me and what differentiates me from other people, everything they say is a hypothetical. I did it. When I was mayor, I raised private money. I paid people's property taxes through this uh, f- uh, fund called the West Side Future Fund. It was yeah, my yeah, idea. I, that. I named it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and... That's what it was for. Right. And it was to pay people's property. So when because what was going on was these people were walking up on they were they were looking for tax liens, knocking on people's doors. People didn't have seven, eight, ten grand. Right. Mm-hmm. The family didn't have seven, eight, ten grand. And they would say, I'll I'll buy your property for the tax lien and maybe I'll put five on that. Or maybe right. I'll put twenty five hundred on that. Or I'll help you move into an apartment. And so my position is going to be the city has a massive amount of real estate. Right. I want to do deals, use the city dirt to help build affordable housing faster. Mm-hmm. The way that you drop the price on real estate deals is give them the dirt. Right. So you give them the dirt, you subtract that out of the overall uh, project costs, and you get to, to build affordable mm-hmm. housing faster. I'm also going to find out what happened to the $30 million choice neighborhood grant that I won that I can't see or find. It disappeared. I ain't seen it. I have not seen it. But I know I won it. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Who knows? But I'm looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, <laughs> <laughs> biggest real estate on city of Atlanta, AHA, Vest Atlanta, mm-hmm. Atlanta Beltline. All of those assets need to be put out so you can build affordable housing faster. Sure. It's one of the focuses of, that, that I think the mayor has uh, rightly focused on. And I think she's done a really uh, good job uh, in focusing the city on affordable housing. The other thing we've got to do is the city has an awful lot of affordable units that working people don't live in. Mm. So right. when you see these high rises being built, when they, when, if it involves municipal financing, we'll say there's a 10 percent set aside units for working people. Mm-hmm. Well, if you go back and check, you'll see that they didn't lease those 10% to working people. They got a, they have a person paying regular rent in many of those 10% units. Oh, it's supposed wow. to be prorated. No, no. So if you are rich, that one of them 10% units was for you. They don't advertise it when you walk up to the building and then they just start putting Regular, regular people that are paying in a regular unit price. They should have been. So if it's a market three thousand dollar a month unit, mm-hmm. it should have been sixteen fifty for somebody. Yeah. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to change somebody's life. If you got a mom who's living in a building where the average rent is three thousand and she's paying fifteen hundred, well, her and her family are around what? They're around affluent, affluent people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're mixed into the overall building. And it changes their life outcome. Their perception of so everything. So I'm going to go through every unit and every deal, and I am going to audit to see who's living in these units. Mm-hmm. And if that... Well, and you going to go in there and see what's going on? Exactly. I'm going to look around. <laughs> and I'm going to go, how are we doing? <laughs> Where are our people at? Not going to do it So <laughs> if you look at Pine City Market. Pine City Market is a deal that was done where you're supposed to have a set amount of affordable housing. Right. You need to go and say, let me see all of the people in Pine City Market, in the flats. They're beautiful. Who are affordable, me, me, medium and low income. Show them to me. I know some people need them. Exactly. My point is you have all these buildings and all these transactions. And it's just like, you know, how we doing? Right. And what the, are we doing? The thing about having been there, like I, I, I did these deals. I'm not. I'm not a bystander. I know what was promised. I know what should have been done. Mm-hmm. And like that's the need. And if we move the needle there, I think Atlanta's just going to be. I mean, just just. I mean, we're just going to be on fire. It's what about the zone? The zoning. Yeah. The zoning shit. They try to make illegal for the uh, Airbnb. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. You're gonna have to brief me on that. No, nah, they saying I'm like you know how people rent properties They're in the Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to make it to Illegal. where because they've had, I guess, several issues with like Airbnbs and parties and, you know, the parties at the Airbnbs, yeah. like resulting in violence and stuff yeah. like that. So I saw on the news, I'm not quite sure of the exact specifics, but they're trying to basically pretty much outlaw Airbnbs in the city and make it to where if not- you're advertising yeah. that you have a property that you're putting up for rent on Airbnb, then you're going to be served with a citation because mm. they're going to be quote unquote illegal. You're like short term rentals. Yeah, I need to, I, I, I'm going to have to get deeper on that. I don't have an answer to that right off the top okay. of my head. So that's one where I, I just haven't caught up with that one yet. Okay. What's your takes on full marijuana legalization in Atlanta or Georgia? And what would you do 
if and when elected mayor to. I think the marijuana scheme in Atlanta should be like the marijuana scheme in the city of San Francisco. Mm. I think uh, we need to start with medicinal marijuana. And then I think we need to see how we do handle medicinal. I don't believe that we should start with wide open marijuana sales all the way across the board straight out of the gate. So no recreational straight out the gate. Not out of the gate. Okay. But I think that we need to let everybody know that there's a there so that the community and entrepreneurs can be prepared to adjust. Mm. I also believe in using uh, the city's ability to either ban it or cooperate with it to make sure that black entrepreneurs are at the table in a real way and not left by the wayside. Mm. So whatever the state passes regarding the marijuana licenses that they're reviewing right now, Mm -hmm. in my mind, the city should have a vote on uh, what is going to happen with how that business sets up and operates in the city. And we have to have a goal consistent with what we do at Hartsfield-Jackson Airport with um, black and women participation. Mm. Period, full stop. Mm. What about those incarcerated, though, that might have got harsh sentences for marijuana charges? Their sentences should be reduced, consistent with the modern state of the law. Mm. No question about it. Okay. But that issue, along with this entrepreneurship issue, um, is the one that's not getting enough attention. Right. I mean, because right now, black people aren't the people who are benefiting off the legalization of marijuana, while black men sit in jail and rot. There you go. um, Because they sold marijuana. And so... Um, there is a lot of writing of the ship that has to be done around marijuana. And I think that I'm, I'm the right person to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you say, like, when everybody, we know Kasim Reed is now running for mayor. There was a lot of love. And I'm yeah. sure you felt the love. But when the love comes to hate. Yes. So you talked about the AJC and the naysayers yeah. and the people and the yes. accusations and yes. everything. What would you say to the people that's on the fence that, are not Kasim Reed supporters to get them to support you? What I would say is that all of us live full lives with mistakes and terrific things that we've done. And what I would ask is that they view the entirety of my life and the entirety of my service. Mm. So you can certainly talk about the warts, the people who went uh, to jail uh, during my administration. You can certainly talk to me about whatever warts you want to talk about. But as long as it's viewed as the whole picture, as the best economy the city had had in a generation, crime was at 40-year lows, teen crime was reduced 25%, every single recreation center in the city of Atlanta um, was open, every pool was open, Um, recreation center stayed open until 7 o'clock at night, seven days a week. We started providing hot meals to uh, up to 2,000 young people per day. Double A plus credit from Standard and Poor's, Moody's and Fitch. 17 regional U.S. headquarters move into the city. Largest population influx. Atlanta's really half a million. 20-year lease with Delta. If you view it all. (laughs) (laughs) The full picture. I mean, yeah. So it's the same way. It's a no-brainer. You would have to do it with Jordan. Mm. Oh man, <laughs> baseline. So, yeah, so going baseline. As long as we're talking about all of it, yeah. we can talk about all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I come in and do an interview with you all, I'm ready to talk about whatever we talk about. Mm. And 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 to voters, you're not imagining that you were better off four years ago. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. 
You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous <laughs> of your generation yeah. that didn't have to deal yeah. with Instagram and that. Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Those are big facts. You know what's crazy about this little <laughs> stream? He didn't send in and ask what questions we gonna ask. He did not. People do that. People do that. I didn't he ask did for no prep or what y'all can't talk. Whatever. When I come to sit down somewhere, whatever you want to do, I tell people all the time: ask me anything as long as you can handle handle the answer. Mm. Right. So my thing is, I think people care more about being able to pump gas than what the AJC says about me. Right. I think people care more about the fact that they're walking through metal detectors and having to swap their bags out to walk to the car. Because you went to Gucci and you can't walk out with a Gucci bag. Mm. You got to wipe. You got to white bag that thing. Right. Which means when you give it as a present, you got to put it back in the Gucci bag. Mm. What's, what's happening in Atlanta now is people are forced to be think about who their mayor is. When I was mayor, you might have heard the AJC saying some story about me, but it was a passive thing. Mm. Oh, man, look at them. Look at that. Look at that. But it wasn't about 157 murders. People are being forced to think about who their mayor is 
because their direct lives are being affected, are being affected for to sure. make you think about, I have to park my car and leave my car a lot with the windows down. What? That's my norm? Yeah. That's my norm? So the point I'm making is, is and, and if folks look at all that and don't want me, there are four or five other people that I'm getting ready to beat anyway. So you have options. <laughs> I'm going to beat every single one of them. So you're saying basically, don't look at Kasim. Look at what I've done for this city. Yeah, I, yeah. So I understand. So I was not planning on running from there. So I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I was not plotting on this job. I was on Frank Ski's show. Frank Ski and I had real conversations. My daughter was being dropped off at my former wife's house by her grandma. Car was robbed in five minutes. That happened. Bam. My mom goes to the Chick Fil A at Colony Square. She gets to number one in the morning. She's 79 years old. She's retired. That, that Chick-fil-A was robbed in broad daylight. And it wasn't a quick robbery. It was a long robbery. That happened. Mm. One of my closest friends in the world attempted carjacking. She videotapes the carjackers getting away. Nobody comes. I mean, videotapes the vehicle that they use. But my point is, is I'm telling you how I got. For anybody, well, why are you renting? That's how I got here. Frank Ski said, are you planning on running for mayor? I said, absolutely not. But there's no term limit on being a citizen. I have a big platform. What? I have almost 400,000 Twitter followers, 47,000 on Instagram, 50,000 on Facebook. I'm a person. If my daughter's getting dropped off at my former wife's house, right? I get to be, when your daughter's in a situation, you get to, yeah, you get sure. to be a father. For sure. For sure. I'm on the radio telling you that there are things that are happening in the city of Atlanta that nobody is talking about. And that when I was mayor, they would have been talking about them. Right? So, so, I mean, just check this out. 20% of the people say I want to leave. 73% of them say if the election was tomorrow, I would leave immediately. If that happens financially, Atlanta is like Birmingham. What you mean? Never thought about it like that. Financially. If you remove the, take Buckhead out of Atlanta and the financial wherewithal that comes from all that property tax and sales tax revenue and the money that supports our schools, financially, we're closer to Birmingham. They got like 35, 30 percent or something, right? So my point is, bank, nobody would come and take 30 percent of your money without it being a full meeting. <laughs> Straighten it. <laughs> nobody said a word. Mm. Nobody, nobody said a word. People start saying, "Well, that can't happen." Anybody who's been alive on Earth knows that wealth and influence makes things that could not happen Thanks. happen. Thanks. <laughs> True. Now check it out. November twenty second. Is the is the is the year that Governor Kemp will be running for re-election, and Stacey Abrams will be the Democratic nominee mm-hmm. in a cage death match to be governor. So at the exact same time, you're gonna have a referendum about a city of Buckhead. Mm. Yeah, come on now. Deep. So I'm a citizen. <laughs> yeah, who served this this city for two terms. And I got to talk. That's what I did on Frank Ski's show. So I say all of that to say folks can measure it all. 
But talk to me about all of it. Talk to me about all of it. Mm. And, and finally, I want to say this. If you're getting heart surgery next week, you want somebody to perform heart surgery, you wouldn't want people who want to go to medical school. Mm. These are the people they want to go to medical school. They so worked on them with a mouse in school. <laughs> they, 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 they're medical students. Yeah. I think I could do it. I think I could do it. I think, what? I never ran. I ran $17 billion in money. The budget of the city is $2.2 billion a year. I built the police force to the biggest it's ever been in history. Right? And I did the things that Black Lives Matter talked about before George Floyd was murdered. So you don't get to come at me with that talk. But what Atlanta needs is calm, steady, tested leadership and somebody that people could pull up on and have a real conversation. True. Yeah. Everybody knows me. They know my phone number. They know how to get to me. They know how to have a conversation with me. That's what this city needs right now. It is a beautiful tapestry on the outside that is weaved together by a whole lot of knitting on the other side that doesn't look so pretty. That's how Atlanta is made. A bunch of meetings that people never see, conversations that people never have, because so that something doesn't erupt and blow up the painting or the tapestry. And what's been going on is we've all been watching it completely explode. That's what we've been watching. And that's... Guys, pull, pulls out, has a shootout in front of Cheetah. Multiple, uh, not I mean, not one. Multiple, duck down, return fire, duck down. What? These are behaviors that none of us, I've been here the whole time, have seen. And where is the outrage? When a three-year-old girl gets shot, where's the... I'm, I, where's the, the outrage? And more than the outrage, where is the, I'm going to stop it. I am going to stop it. And if somebody does it, I'm going to find them. When I was mayor of Atlanta, I used, I, I raised awards so high that my chief told me to stop. He said, you, you put so much award money on the street, it makes people just go commit a crime and turn themselves in. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I'm not a police chief, <laughs> you know, but I know how to put some money on somebody's head that you robbed a woman at a gas station and you're out of cold. Right. Facts. We had a carjacking Facts. problem and that's out of cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, that's real. you know, I know it's probably a little too much passion for the podcast. Nah, but nah, we nah, need nah, more. Nah, this, nah, nah. Keep going. This is what I, keep going. This is what I believe. It's the real talk. How did 911 get a, uh, get a, get a, Get a voicemail though. They say you call nine one one. They be like, "Is it serious?" Hold on. I don't. I don't know about. I don't. I mean, I'm not gonna speak negatively about anything. But let me tell you something. I'm just asking. I don't know. I did. They didn't have that when I was mayor. When you you didn't get voicemail. Not only did you not have voicemail, you'd have been able to call me. Damn. So the point I'm making is, is this. Let me tell you something. If I'm fortunate enough to win, we're gonna have a hundred days where we're gonna clear the system out. If you got a warrant, any negative interaction with the city, we're going to have 100 days where we have volunteer lawyers, municipal lawyers. Like an amnesty in. program? Yes. What's that? Yeah, just amnesty. Come in and work it out. And the city's going to pay for it. I'm going to use some of that $200 million in reserve. So, you know, if you got a situation, it is your time to come and clear it up. Parking ticket, moving violation, all that stuff. Yeah. I've had a warrant. 
it's terrible when you have one. Mm. You know what I mean? You, you move. I mean, you know, you can't take your lady out. I mean, it's all kind of. Right, more, right, right, right. She got to drive. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> she don't know why she driving. All kind of things. So you got to walk light. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Tweaking. Yeah, you know what I mean? You got to make it be cool and turn it into some Jay Z and Beyonce situation. <laughs> so, here's what I. But you need 100 days. You're going to clear that up. City's going to pay for it. I don't even want the money. Because it's going to show our heart. Right. You got a situation. Let's clear it up. Whatever it is. I don't want to do anything to you. We're going to clear the deck. Because what we're trying to do is reset the relationship. Mm. Yeah. That's hard. And people like you are going to have to help me reset it. I'm here. Because I'm going to be out 100 days telling everybody, you got a situation coming, come and holler at me. Come see me. Yeah. Come see me. But on the 101st day, your ass is uh, grass. Uh, <laughs> I gave you a hundred days, brother. <laughs> to get it right. I mean, that's three months. Yeah, you gave you three whole months you know to get I mean? it right. Yeah. I'm going to go everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pay for it. Yeah. Right. I got you. Don't, mm-hmm. even, don't even worry about the amounts. Yeah. We're going to eat that. The city will eat that. Right? That's what the 200 million was for. But on that hundred and the first day, Atlanta is going back to Atlanta. That's hard. How much, how much of our problems do you think is so many people coming from other places and what will you say to all of these people coming from other places because they're continuing to pour in that ain't stopping um, I think that we're going to impose our our will on them I mean I think something happened during COVID mm-hmm. and I think that our community the my bottom line thing is we just need to restore our sense of community that's what people want people want to they want their lives back mm-hmm. and I know that COVID what COVID was a global crisis but at some point, that has to stop being an excuse. And somebody has to say that. That's what Atlanta needs right now. And for all of my warts, people always thought that I did a better job than they liked me. That was always the case. Hmm. So when, when we would poll and they would look at my data, my job performance was always 10 to 15 points higher than my likability. Hmm. Always. And, I, and that was fine with me. I'd rather you think that I was doing a good job. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to hang with you. I don't have no open calendar. <laughs> nah, for real. <laughs> I, I'm cool on that. I, fill up, I, I can fill up friends. every minute of the day. I got friends. I got real friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the stuff that I've been through, I got real friends. Yeah, right. <laughs> they want. They happy to see me. Yeah. I'm not looking to. And so that's, that's where we are right now. So, I, I mean, I think to your point about uh, the criticism, I think I'm the right person for right now. Mm. If it were not for this situation, I wouldn't be viable. Mm. But I mean, come on, man. Like 550000 in one night. Come on, man. I mean, y'all saw. People know that our city is broken. So you saying basically they might want to quit. Well, Calendar, they might want to quit wasting their time. And I want them all. No. Money. No. Man, live your dream. Do that. <laughs> Do that. That's a dream. But live your dream. But there have been five mayoral elections in the city of Atlanta, as I count. And every single one, I won every one. I was Shirley Franklin's manager for campaign, her first campaign. Shirley Franklin's manager for a second campaign. I ran the third time. I won the fourth time. And I endorsed Mayor Bottoms and worked hard to make her mayor the fifth time. This is number six. So everybody on the opposite side of me are doing something that I've done six times. Mm-hmm. They've never done it, never won. No council president in Atlanta has ever been elected mayor. Never happened. Right? And these other people, I don't know their names or what they do, 
I wish him well. So let me ask you Basically, this: with the who, um, is? who is that? I don't know. You, you, I don't know. <laughs> Jay needs to be on him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't know. I don't know what they do. But let me say this: they've been out here talking a whole lot, and then we dropped that million fifty-five thousand on them the other day. Shut up. You know what I mean? It got real quiet when we dropped that million fifty-five thousand. <laughs> They transferring money, you know what I mean? They got cousins and all this stuff. One lady wrote herself a check for half a million. I'm like, that's all well and good. You better be prepared to spend it. Mm. <laughs> you better be prepared to spend it. Yeah, oh, so, so with the... Y'all got me in all kinds. It's going to be wide open. I'm telling you, y'all going to have a busy week. I'm not doing no more prayer. Right? And Torres is about communication prayer. She done fainted. She over there on the ground. She over there on the ground. I mean, just laying on the ground. Just... What we so gonna do about mental health, though? Though we need to figure out this mental health. A lot yeah, of people, right. a lot of people fucked up. Yeah, yeah. What are we gonna do about that? I, I think we gotta have a bigger partnership with Fulton County, and we gotta use. Um, we've got to shift to more of a telehealth model that makes telehealth available for people that need counseling. You need to be able to get on your telephone and talk to a psychologist or a counselor. For sure. Because, you know, a big impediment to us getting both health care and mental health care is we don't like to walk into that hospital. Mm -hmm. We don't like mm -hmm. to make that appointment and keep that appointment. Right. But my sense is and my learning is you can take out your telephone and go into a quiet corner in your house you're more likely to actually keep and make an appointment with someone to help you stay sure. intact. And then that professional can determine whether you need help. The other, the other part, one of the other things that, we, we, that we're going to do, if I'm fortunate enough to win, is we're going to track when we cut people's water off and send a care team. If your water gets cut off and you don't turn it back on, something is going on in your house. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. it is a good differentiator to know that we need to surge resources mm -hmm. because that person is soon going to be homeless. Right. And once they're homeless, the it's negative like a, effects. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Then they're in Grady. It's like a snowball. Then they're in the emergency room. Mm. Then they're a patient that's $15,000. So all of these things occur. And the city has visibility because we know when you're when you stop paying your water bill. Right. So there are a number of things that I want to do. I think that I think that every time a baby is born in the city of Atlanta to somebody under, who, who makes sixty thousand dollars or less, we need to set aside a bond for that baby. So when they turn eighteen, yes, they get a real check. Yes. For sure. Um, yes. That's hard. They're doing that in San Francisco. Yeah. Right now. And so when that baby, if that baby is born in the Atlanta city limits, we put a bond. I haven't determined what amount because I need to know what kind of growth right, you're right. going to need to write a person a real check. But then when they, that young uh, girl or boy turns 18 and they're getting ready to be adults, mm -hmm. I'd like them to leave with twenty five fifty. Thousand dollars. We can get that out of there. Uh, yeah. Missing thirty, thirty million. Get it out of there. Hey man, I ain't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had a big ceremony. <laughs> Secretary Hood flew like, down. Would, would you do like a backlog for like those of us that were born like? <laughs> no backlog. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Reparations. <laughs> Reparations. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in San Francisco. So there's this incredible leader in San Francisco. Her name is London Breed. 
But they've done it in San Francisco, so this is okay. not any pie in the sky. You can't right. do that. You can totally know if you have 5,000 babies. Right. You can totally buy them a bond, and you can to- it, it'll mature on their 18th birthday, and it'll all be there, and they can come get it. I'm going to call it the all-there bond. It's all, all there. there. All there. Okay. It's all there. So, look, I got a two-part question. Yes. So... First part of my two-part question I'm glad is... glad I took a nap before I came. <laughs> Fresh. <laughs> First part of the two-part question is, um, once you are elected, since we're going to speak it into existence... I received that. Blessing. Yes, yes. How do you um, plan on improving the relationship between the city of Atlanta and the AU Center? Oh, yes. And then the second part of the question is... With Atlanta being like the city within the city limits, primarily like an urban town, um, what do you feel is the importance of embracing the hip hop community as far as turning the tide with everything that's going on in the city now? I mean, like like embracing the hip hop community and using them to also help aid you, like turn the tide with the yeah. urban part of the city of Atlanta. Yeah. So, the the first part of your question, I'm going to with the AU Center, with the Atlanta University Center, I'm going to directly engage. Okay. When I was mayor before, um, we had a terrific relationship. When they needed additional security cameras, additional funding um, for security, I was always there. Mm-hmm. I had a one on one relationship with all of the presidents. Okay. Um, the Mercedes Benz Stadium is there because of my aff- affinity for the AU Center. Right. So Mercedes Benz was supposed to be next to Georgia Tech where the electrical facility is. Oh, really? Yeah. And so what I knew is, is if you put a one point five billion dollar asset, then everything around that asset, including the Atlanta University Center, would be more valuable and would be strengthened. So all of the real estate that they own over there. um, If you look at the ML King corridor, uh, I won a grant for President Obama to modernize and improve that corridor. So and, and then plus, I mean, I'm a Howard man. Yeah. So I deeply appreciate coming from an HBCU. Know, you yeah. understand. So it's like, never it, it was never a hard call. Right. So what I imagine is going to happen is you're going to have real fluidity. Right. Between my office and the Atlanta University Center. And it's really going to be driven by what they want rather than what I want. OK. And so I think that it's going to be consistent with it was before. But here's the difference. The difference is. More money is getting ready to be spent than in the history of the United States of America. Right. Right. So the Republican deal on infrastructure is one point two trillion. Yeah. So the low deal. So Bernie Damn. Sanders wants six trillion. Mm-hmm. Which means that that money is going to be pushed down through cities, which right. is why we're going to have the best economy that we've ever had. Yeah. Well, President Obama, when the company, when the country was on at risk of Great Depression, got seven hundred and eighty-four billion in the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act. So one deal that they're working on, right, mm-hmm. right, because the president's not black, is one point two trillion. Yeah. Right. You're going to get a bankroll. Yeah. When President Obama was president, the biggest deal that could be done, and we were getting ready to go into the Great Depression, was $784 billion. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to tell you why I think, so in terms of resources, and the mm-hmm. one thing 
that I proved that I was able to do was to secure federal funding. Right. So when I was mayor, we won four Tiger Grants, right? Which yeah. is a competitive a huge process accomplishment. where you have to get in. I won the Choice Neighborhoods Grant, $30 million. The Atlanta Streetcar, $42 million. The Atlanta Beltline, $82 million. I, yes. mean, I, I, I yes. came back from D.C. with bags. Yes. Repeatedly. Yes. So yes. the point I'm making is this. <laughs> there. <laughs> so you went out there and got that check. <laughs> I know. I know. I know where the money. You know resides. what to do. Oh, I know where the money. You know how to get it? Yeah. And so my sense is is that that's going to benefit the Atlanta University Center, right? And if you drive over there, I made a speech where I said our ML King should be different than every other ML King in, in the country. Mm-hmm. Yes. I thought I was just yes. But if you drive over there right now and go to Busy Bee, it's a huge difference. And everywhere we lay that infrastructure, what happens? If you look at Edgewood, everybody talked all this trash to me about the Atlanta streetcar. Edgewood is full of black entrepreneurs. No, sure. Yeah. And it, it only like exists it was back in the day. because of that streetcar. Mm-hmm. When, we, when that streetcar went down the street and all that sidewalk and light beautification went in, people started doing what? Going to Edgewood, mm-hmm. renting spending spaces. money. Mm-hmm. And so the federal government paid for that. And when I expanded to the Atlanta Beltline, mm-hmm. it's going to be the hottest thing out. Oh, you say you're going to bring the uh, car to? take the streetcar to the Atlanta Beltline. Which way would it go, though? It's going to go east. So if you imagine it on Edgewood, just imagine it stopping near Crog Street. Okay. Yeah. Oh, now, okay. That's the piece that it needs to work. Yeah. Because if me and you are hanging out and you're on a date and you're in the city, you know that I can just hop on the streetcar. It's going to end up at the Beltline. And then I can just hop on the Beltline. It's going to take me back into the city. Right. It becomes increasingly viable. So that's how I feel about the Atlanta University Center. And what was your second question? And the second question was with... Hip-hop. The... With the city... With the... Everything within the city limits being... So, like, urbanized, for lack of a better way to put it, um, what do you think is the importance of embracing the hip-hop community once you are elected to help you kind of turn the tide of the urban inner city? Well, I mean, first of all, I think that we're all bigger than hip-hop and we're a star machine. Right. So I don't I don't think it's I think I, I think that it's different than embracing it. I live it. I mean, my right. relationships with the entertainment community is authentic. I started my career as an entertainment lawyer. Right. Folks know that when I represented people, they were out of court before the judge said, all rise. That's what they used to say when I was with them. So that's just authentic. And mm-hmm. so it doesn't even have to be manufactured. I do believe that we need to create some incentive structure for right. our music business. And we need to support it in the way that we supported our film and TV business. For sure. And then I'm going to expand it because I also want to create a regime um, for television commercials. Okay. And so my my approach is going to be to embrace it and to have creative meetings. So I, I, I think that we're going to have a creative meeting of anybody that has anything that they want to talk about, not once a month, but once every other month. Okay. Maybe we'll do it at Breakfast and Barney's, but we, 
things get done in Atlanta by people being in a room and being able to say what's on their mind. To bounce things around. In an unfettered fashion with somebody that can actually do something about what they're saying. Facts. Facts. And so that's why I think, I mean... If you, I mean, if you look at the million fifty five thousand that we raised, so much of it was from <laughs> entertainers. I mean, I mean, that, yeah. that, I mean, we left one hundred and fifty thousand outside. We left one hundred and fifty thousand outside. Damn. I mean, I mean that that event was supposed to be one hundred and fifty people. It was four hundred and fifty. So, um, so that's just a testament of what's to come. Yes, yeah, my point is, it's real. Yeah. It's not. You're not. Twisting nobody's arm. I mean, it's like, but that's my guy, and I'm gonna come out for him. He's the man for the job. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. what I, that's what I think. Okay. I can't wait though. I'm excited. Me too. Well, back mm-hmm. here, you don't got Me a too. fever. You don't got a fever back. Yeah, man, because you know I don't like to lose. Mm. Nah, we can't lose. So it's um, you know, I'm I'm a competitive person, so I'm in it. Um, and once I'm in it, um, I'm gonna finish, and uh, and then we're gonna have. An inauguration, and we're going to have a mayor's ball that people are going to fly in from all across America to attend. It's going to be the best night in the city, and then we're going to get to work. Hmm. You think it's going to be a challenge for voters with the new laws that got passed? Yes, the the the, the laws that the state of Georgia passed were terrible, but everybody's got time to overcome them. So we know what they are. We know exactly what they're designed to do. They're designed to repress the vote of black people. But we have enough time to adjust and we always show up. I I find that when people attack us as savagely as we were attacked by the most recent voting laws, that it invariably backfires. I mean, black people show up with, you know, hot hot wings and and sauce and a chair and... (laughs) We just, you know, we're going to vote that day. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. <laughs> we're going to bring our own food. So you say, uh-huh. I can't, I'll bring my own water. Mm-hmm. You know, so right. I, I think that the effect of that is going to actually backfire. If I never voted before and I was in the booth and I seen, and I'm about to get rid of voting, I see yeah. Christine Reed name. Yeah. What you want me to think of? Safest city in 40 years. Say less. Mm. That's hard. There it is. <laughs> Verified by the AJC. That despises me. Blue check. Still had to. <laughs> Still had to give it to you. Right. That in four decades, we had never been safer. Mm-hmm. And right now, that is the issue. It is the issue. There's nothing within 30 points of people feeling that their security and safety is at risk. And their family safety is at risk. And their kids' safety is at risk. And their significant other safety is at risk. Yeah. And I was elected. When there was a surge in violent crime before, and I did everything I said I was going to do. I hired 900 police officers. I built the force to 2,000, and we did it. And we did it in a way that was consistent with who we who we are. America Saint Reed, we appreciate you so much, man. Big Spending facts. this time having this conversation Slow with patrol, us. Patrol, baby. <laughs> <laughs> at breakfast at Barney's, man. Much love and success yeah. to you. You know, you're welcome yeah. anytime. Anytime you want to have a conversation we and really come reach back, the people. Don't, the force. don't yes. sell. Yes. Wait till I get elected mayor. Anybody knocking on your door telling you to sell your house, don't sell. Don't sell. <laughs> don't sell. Don't sell it. What you running on? You know how don't, people have a Don't smoke. sell. What you running on? I'm running on for crime the lowest this was been in 40 years. No, say if you can say it in one word. Low crime. <laughs> no. Safety. No, I'm not him. safety, man. No. Lowest it's been in 40 years. I say years. consistency. 
Lowest it's been in 40 years. Crime is the lowest it's been in 40 years. Hashtag. You, when you went to the gas station, you went to the gas station to get gas. You walked in the Lenox Mall, you did not walk through a metal detector. Facts. Walked in the Phipps Mall, you walked in and shopped and left. And, you know, Met that, your girl that's, that's not your imagination. Meet your girl, meet your guy. You know what I'm saying? It's not your imagination. Yeah. Right, no, I mean, appreciate I mean, metal it, detectors on Phipps, man. Come on, on Linux, man. It's you say yeah, for Greenbrier anymore. Yeah, I, I went to I, I went to Piccadilly to get my chicken livers and to buy some chicken. You're <laughs> safer at Greenbrier. You are, you are safe on Bankhead. It's real. Yeah, it's crazy. We We're appreciate you, man. Up. You yep. got Bankhead looking like Buckhead now. Yeah, Tony, don't sell. Don't sell. <laughs> Wait till I get elected. That, that's the final word. Don't do it. Don't play yourself. Don't sell. <laughs> I get ready, man. You know what I'm saying? Get big oh, facts. Hold your amazing podcast. Hold your parking tickets to the hundred days yeah, and come get them cleared up. Yeah, that is. That is. <laughs> I definitely got some tickets. Yeah, I need straight down. Right. Me Let too. Me tell you, it's all there. <laughs> it's all there. That's it. That's running on. It's all there. <laughs> Much, much success to you. We appreciate you. www.bigfactspod.com. Salute. Salute. You're listening to Big Facts with Big Bank and DJ Scream. Follow Big Facts on social media at Big Facts Pod. Big Bank and DJ Scream bring you Big Facts. Hey, man, it's all the way up. Ladies and gentlemen. That merch ends. Yes. Yeah, that's right. www.bigfactspod.com. Yeah. With the real ones one time. Y'all come get y'all some of this merch, man. Bigfactspod.com. Let's get it. Get that merch right now. Shop with us. It's all the way up. Big Fat Merch. It's going down. Visit the new website today. www.bigfactspod.com. Visit now. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.